Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is that time, folks. Welcome into Rush Hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I am Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke 5 on the tweets per usual. For the next hour, we will be talking plenty of what you can get some action in on this evening. And for the remainder of the week, in 15 minutes, we'll be having on host the Los Angeles City Cast, Danielle Elvari, joining us to talk about the. Not the Raiders, well, the Raiders game technically, but the Raiders playing uh, the Chargers this week. It Look, it's a massive game, and it's a very interesting one because of the playoff implications and these betting numbers. You're seeing threes, you're seeing two and a halfs. Everybody wants to bet the Chargers, but the line's moving down in favor of Vegas. Where will this line end up? How is Danielle looking to bet it? We will discuss that. We will also discuss the Rams and the 49ers matchup with Danielle. Of course, that game also having playoff implications. We'll talk about offensive player of the year. Does Cooper Cup have the shot over Jonathan Taylor? And if we have some time, we'll squeeze in some Lakers basketball. Always like to joke around with Danielle about the Lakers and how she's looking to bet the Lakers in some kind of fashion, whether it's in-game fading or somewhere around that arena. But half hour from now, then we'll transition to talk some puck with our guy Nick Alberga. Big slate tonight. Solid card to look forward to. I got a couple plays in hockey, so I want to double check, make sure I'm on the right side with Nick, and he'll be giving us his thoughts in 30 minutes. And like I said, some of those hockey plays that I do have, we will be talking about it at the end of the show. 45 minutes from now, we've got Danny's Dines, where I will go over those plays on the ice, and then just some other general NFL thoughts for the upcoming slate. But it is Tuesday, so let's begin the program as we typically do. Speaking of the upcoming NFL slate, which games could present a viable teaser opportunity? It is time for Teaser Tuesday here on Rush Hour. Let's run through this slate, ladies and gentlemen. That show, the games that are in historically the most successful spot with those Wong teasers where you could cross the 7 and the 3. So you want home favorites of just over 7, meaning 7.5 up to 8.5. So then you're able to tease them down by six, get you to cross the key numbers of seven and three, or short and or home road uh, home or road dogs of plus one and a half up to plus two and a half. Because you're doing the same thing in terms of teasing it with six, but you're going up through the key numbers of three and seven. It's an odd week, so maybe you don't have as much confidence in some of these spots. you got to see what the incentives and motivations are for some of these teams, but I still think we could find at least one worthy teaser play for this NFL Week 18 slate. And let's begin 
with this Bears and the Vikings matchup. <laughs> Look, this is a game that, of course, nothing really matters that much. It's just pride. It's motivation. It's a division rivalry, so to speak. And the Bears are seeking vengeance in the sense that they just fell victim to the Vikings a few weeks back, that primetime game where everybody regretted liking the sport of football growing up. That's how ugly this game was. And if you weren't a fan or betting in this game, I don't know why you watched it. You tortured yourself. Nevertheless, hopefully this game could be a little bit more intriguing and exciting out of the offensive side for the Bears because they fall in line with the road underdog to tease them up from plus two and a half up to plus eight and a half. Now, as we always like to do on the show, we like to apply the teaser number to every game this season and see what their ATS record would be. So, for example, if Chicago were to be catching eight and a half in every single game this season, they would be nine and seven against the spread. Not that great. We understand it. The Bears have not been great, but I think it's a different type of situation here against Minnesota. You have to consider this Vikings team that somehow, I don't know what they did before this season, what kind of curse they have, but every single game pretty much comes down to one possession or one score game rather for this Minnesota squad. So if they, in order for the Bears teaser plus eight and a half to lose, naturally Minnesota would have to cover eight and a half themselves. And they have only done that one time this season. One in 15 ATS if they were laying eight and a half in every single game. That was week three where they played Seattle at home and beat them 30 to 17. Otherwise, no win has been by more than eight and a half points for the Vikings. Remember, I mean, the Bears were about to be in that category of losing by more, but they got that garbage time touchdown against the Vikings to make the outcome an eight-score difference or eight-point difference. So even aside from that, again, we try to go into the minds of these players. What's the motivation going to be? This is probably the first time I've said this this whole year about the Bears, but they're in a better spot than their opponent right now, than Minnesota. This is a team that just got eliminated from the playoffs. Their quarterback situation was abysmal last week. Their head coach situation is arguably worse. Mike Zimmer making his weird comments about Kellen Mond, and he's going to be shown out the door presumably at the end of the season. The Vikings have been so infuriating this whole year, and now they're coming to the realization that it's over, and there's so much outside noise too because of the coaching situation, and I guess Kirk Cousins could be factored into it. And the Bears, yes, they are eliminated. They've been a train wreck, but they've been eliminated for quite some time now. They're on a two-game win streak here, getting a nice dub against the Seahawks. They demolished the Giants and Mike Lennon, and they have the incentive of, well, maybe some guys are going to play fairly well for Matt Nagy in his last game. I know there was a comment he lost the locker room and what have you, but look, they've, they've had some momentum these past couple of games and looking to bounce back against the Vikings from that other spot. And the Vikings have an average winning margin, if they do win, of just six and a half at home. Again, I'm not saying the Bears are going to win. Would it surprise me? No, but why not add the extra cushion and tease up the Bears from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half? Very strong consideration for one leg of a teaser this upcoming week. Let's keep it in the NFC North. Another potential good teaser spot, the Packers and the Lions. Green Bay doesn't need to play their starters in this spot, although Aaron Rodgers hinted at the fact that he would be playing. Who knows for how long, if actually at all. But the Lions catching two and a half in this spot. You could tease them up as the home dog to plus eight and a half. So Detroit, they've covered eight and a half in nine out of 16 games so far this year. Green Bay has covered eight and a half themselves as a favorite in just seven out of 16 games. And the Packers, on the road, they actually have a winning margin of just 
and they would be 1-7 in seven ATS on the road if they had to cover 8.5. They've only done that one time this season. I'm not telling you to back the lines here, but it does fall under the historically successful mark for looking to tease a team, a short home dog plus 2.5, up to plus 8.5. I wouldn't argue against you, but it probably wouldn't be my favorite option to go with, although Dan Campbell still has his guys playing really hard. The teaser option that I do think could be another solid one to pair up with the Bears would involve the Panthers and the Bucks next. So this is in the situation of a home favorite of over seven, and you're getting Tampa Bay laying eight. It was at like eight and a half. It's slowly been coming down, so I haven't put it in there officially because I'm waiting to see if it even gets down to like seven and a half. But this line at eight, you could tease Tampa Bay down to minus two, right? The Buccaneers still have a chance to alter their seeding in the playoffs. So right now, uh, they're at, what, the number four seed or so, and they can't go lower than that. So, you know, no harm, no foul if they do lose. But with a win against the Panthers here, and if the Rams lose to the 49ers, they could move up to the number two seed if they do win. So that gives them a chance to play, to play at least two home games throughout the playoffs. And you heard Bruce Arians say they weren't going to sit anybody. I get that Tampa Bay makes every game a sweat, and it seems like every one of them is really close. But the Panthers, again, are so, so bad. As much of a play as it is on the Bucs, it's even more so a fade on the Panthers. Like James Salinas and I were talking about on Friday why he bet the Saints over the Panthers. So if you had the Bucks minus two this season, they would have an ATS record of 10-4-2. They've pushed it a couple times. Panthers catching two and a half. Well, they've won five games, so those are the spots they've covered it in. Bucks have an average winning margin of over 14 overall and 19 at home. Panthers have an average losing margin of over 13 this season overall and 15.6 on the road. They're playing at the same time as the Rams, so they won't know whether or not they kind of have to pull back. I think they go out there, try to get the dub. I think they need it, too, just from a standpoint of you're coming off that gross but heroic, in a sense, win against the Jets with that great drive by Brady, all the nonsense with Antonio Brown. Get out there, let the distractions go away, and have some good momentum going into the postseason and hoping that the 49ers can beat the Rams and give you even more of an advantage in the playoffs. So I think Tampa Bay could be a very solid teaser leg if you're looking to bet it. Final teaser leg that really I think is, you know, kind of just at the top of the list potentially because there are some exceptions that we could go over throughout the course of the week. I know we're kind of running out of time here, but this line was seen at like two and a half in many shops. You're seeing it three right now at Bet Rivers, but I'm assuming this thing is going to be at two and a half. But with the line at three at least, you could tease up the Raiders from plus three to plus nine. What's on the line in this game? Both teams need to make the playoffs. So if you kind of like the Chargers, but you know the Chargers make it hard on themselves, you could just tease up the Raiders to plus nine because the Chargers have only covered nine in four games this season, one of them being against the Raiders where they won 28-14 in week four. But the Raiders, if they're catching nine points, they have covered that in 11 out of 16 games this season. The Raiders have an average losing margin of 17 overall, believe it or not, and 14.8 at home. However, the Chargers have an average winning margin of just eight on the road this season. Chargers also, if they were laying nine on the road this season, they've only covered that once out of seven road games. I get it, throwing a lot of numbers out there, but you know how these games have gone with the Chargers. They're playing it closer sometimes than they need, than they need to, sometimes untrustworthy, and I want to look toward the side of the Chargers winning this game outright, but the safer play, honestly, might be teasing up the Raiders here. 
again, both teams are throwing everything they need into this game out of the field to make it into the playoffs. I do think the Chargers are more talented, better coaching situation in this game, but it is a division opponent, second time around, and on the road for the Chargers. Maybe teasing up the Raiders could be a viable option if that's the direction you're looking for one of your teasers. So I haven't played anything yet officially with the teaser. Again, I'm waiting to see if this line even creeps down a little bit more so with Tampa Bay. But the one I probably would do would be teasing up the Bears from plus 2.5 to plus 8.5, and, and then that Buccaneers line from minus 8 to minus 2 against the Panthers. Again, kind of being a little bit patient to see if Tampa Bay gets down to minus 7.5 and, and then get even a better number. The chances it falls on 2, I get it, slim to none, but it's happened a couple times with the Bucs. So if it goes back up to eight and a half, so be it. You're still under the key number of three. We'll talk more about that later in the show and more NFL coming up next. Host of the Los Angeles City Cast, Danielle Alvari, joining us right here. It is Rush Hour. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And now you've got city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. So subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up multiple episodes a week. Great local sports betting content. All righty, welcome back to it here on Rush Hour. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Fiber. You can catch me on Twitter at VEASAN Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Joining us now, speaking of the CityCast, hosts of the Los Angeles one, Danielle Alvari at Danielle Alvari on Twitter is where you can follow her. Great content, not only on Twitter, but her TikToks, which, you know, Danielle, you get great ones all the time. And it's even funnier when it's just the frustrations from what's been going on in the NFL. And I know for a team and the Chargers, there have been plenty of them, even the Rams too, which we'll get to momentarily. But I was just talking about the Chargers, and I'm looking at this game against the Raiders. I'm going, you know what? The Chargers should win this game. They're the better team, but we've seen them just embarrass themselves in spots, go back to that Texans game. So with all of that in mind, how do you correlate that to the performance you're perceiving them to have against the Raiders this weekend? 
Well, it was the same line of thinking that you were just kind of going down, right? The last time we saw these two teams play, the Chargers won. They've actually won the last two meetings, and most recently they won 28 to 14. In that game, I believe the line was around what it is now, like three or so. And I said, because I kind of thought that game would be a toss-up, that I'd rather have the points with the Raiders at that point. And then, of course, the Chargers come out and, and do great. And so now I'm in a position where I'm like, am I going to double down on that theory that I think this is going to be a close game, especially because there's so much on the line, right? It's win or go home essentially unless something crazy happens with the Jaguars so I mean how do you factor that into this handicap how big how big does that make this and so I do feel like I want to back the Chargers in this actually minus three here because I do think they're the better team I think that those times we saw them kind of fall behind was the times where they were missing a lot of key players they obviously got Austin Eckler back in the mix Corey Lindsley um and Joey Bosa as well. So once they got those players back, it looked like the Chargers team that we were like talking about early in the season, possibly going the distance. So I don't think that they do that now. I think that we've seen too many gaps in their defense kind of exposed, but I will say that now with all these players back in the mix, they seem like they're primed to go in and kind of take this Raiders team down a couple notches, even though shout out to the Raiders here on a three game winning streak right now, they beat the Browns, the Broncos and the Colts. So uh, it's tough for me to bet against them again, because I feel the same way I did last time. These two teams played is well, I'd rather have the points, but I might, I might be on the Chargers side this week. Yeah. And to what you're saying, too, I mean, this Raiders team has been impressive. You even just think about from the beginning of this season, the expectations were fairly low to begin with, and then all the off-field issues that are still ongoing even as of this week, and they've just been dealing with this adversity and finding themselves potentially in the postseason if they can overcome the Chargers, a big if. Now, with that being said, too, though, Danielle, you look at this Raiders team, does it kind of feel like you know, no pun intended being in Las Vegas, but that they're playing with house money and that their time is kind of coming to an end here because I, I think if you do look at these players, just comparing them, as you mentioned, if the Chargers are healthy, I, I just think they have the advantage there. So also maybe, you know, just being a little bit patient, you could get a better number on the Chargers, but I just, I just think the Raiders' time is kind of ending here. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think that the Raiders have been impressive in moments, but that's exactly the kind of logic that led me to want to take the points of them last time is I thought, well, the Raiders are capable of magical moments, but the Chargers are just built better. They have the better team here. And so as long as nothing crazy happens here, there's no reason why the Chargers can't cover minus three. It should, it should really be a cakewalk. And it was for them last time, like I said, 28 to 14. So, um, I'm scared because whenever I back the Chargers, they don't usually cover. Uh, but I am looking at Chargers minus three because I do think that the Raiders are, are kind of at the end of their rope. And also, by the way, win totals here. Chargers win total on the line here. The over hits if they win this game. Smaller deal, but Ooh. still. That's right. I, and that's what's even more exciting, too. Now we're looking at all these end-of-the-season finishes with these preseason props. I mean, I had Kirk Cousins over 4,100 and a half passing yards, and it took him to the second-to-last game to finally be opted out because of COVID. So uh, we'll see and hope he can play against the Bears and at least throw for a buck 30. But you're right. Everybody's sweating down these final games, and there will be a big sweat, too, Danielle, with the other L.A. team, the Rams and the 49ers. Look, the Rams are playing for seeding here. They're playing kind of a villain role in the sense of keeping the 49ers out of playoff contention. And the spread has now come down to four. This total's at 44. I was talking with Wes Reynolds yesterday, and him and I were on the same page here. It feels like the 49ers are the right side, but that's with the you know notion that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback, right? I feel like we have a lot more faith in him than Trey Lance. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we don't know what the quarterback situation is for the 49ers right now. Uh, we saw a little sneak peek of what it would look like with Trey Lance. Nothing crazy, but it's kind of one of those things where historically, for whatever reason, the 49ers have kind of had the Rams figured out. And so is that going to be a trend that continues, right? And also when we look at this game too, the Rams were much bigger favorites. And as soon as I saw this opening line, I think it was what, what was this up to six, six and a half. And it came all the way down to four. Um, I, I was assuming that we were going to see a lot of movement this way because people were going to be backing the Niners rightfully. So, so now I think you've kind of missed a good number on the 49ers. I mean, who wants to bet a four? This is terrible. Um, but that said, I could see this game possibly going under. I'm seeing the total at 44. That's not incredibly high. So it's not a fun under to bet necessarily. It's not giving you a great value, but I do think we have that whole revenge spot for the Rams here. Um, but this is one of the rivalries that I enjoy so much in the NFC, definitely. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, and we'll see if Cooper Cup can come away with some records. Yeah, and that's where I was going to go to next. How about Offensive Player of the Year? This thing has been going back and forth. I mean, he got Cooper Cup now as a slight favorite, at least at Bet Rivers. He's minus 121. And then Danielle, he got Jonathan Taylor at even money. You can make a great case for each of these guys, but you got to think if Cooper Cup's able to eclipse some of these records, that that may give him enough to win this award. Yeah, absolutely. And frankly, it's ridiculous that we have this MVP award, like call it a quarterback award. Let's just call mm -hmm. it that best quarterback, because then you have guys like Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup who are having these phenomenal seasons. And we're just talking about offensive player of the year at this point for them, because we've ruled them out of the MVP discussion, yeah. because we know it's going to go to an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady. So that can be a little frustrating, like just call it what it is, then let's call it a quarterback award and move on with our lives. Uh, but as far as offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup, incredible season. I really kind of I'm bugged that people are talking about and he, him even addressing this, that it's a 17 game season. So it needs the little asterisk. Or like what Cooper cup has done has been incredible. He's already the fourth player uh, in all time with hundred receptions over 1500 receiving yards and 15 receiving touchdowns in a single season. That's already a fact. And he's had 15 games with 90 or more yards. So incredible, incredible season. So no need to put an asterisk on this one. I understand for the sake of the record books. I don't know. How do you feel about all this 17 game talk, Danny? At first, when it when it came about, I was thinking the same thing, like, how is this going to affect all the records and everything like that? And, you know, the fan in me likes the extended season, as I'm sure a lot of people do, and from the betting perspective. I'm kind of wishy-washy in terms of those records, but when you look at what's going down, when you watch him on a game-to-game -game basis, I mean, you can't dispute anything he's doing. He's just absolutely phenomenal out there. So, it, at first, it was kind of like, how are they going to deal with that now, Danielle? Honestly, I'm like, you know what? Who cares? If the dude's playing amazing, let's see what kind of heights he can keep taking it to. And that's just how, I mean, things are going to be changing constantly in whatever it is in life. So if it's an extended game, cool. You still respect and appreciate the records beforehand, but you also got to give respect to what Cooper Cup's been doing. I, I guess that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. And when we look at Jonathan Taylor versus Cooper Cup, I do, for some reason, give the edge to Jonathan Taylor, and I don't have a very scientific answer for you as to why. We've seen something similar from a from a running back like this before, right? And he didn't win this award, so it's hard to say who should be getting this. But if Cooper Cup breaks these, you know, most catches in a season or most receiving yards records, it's pretty hard to deny him something like that, right? When you're breaking records, whether it's the 17 games or not, in my opinion. Yeah, 11 receptions from tying Michael Thomas and then 130 yards from passing Calvin Johnson. So I, I'm with you. For some reason, it felt like more people were leaning Jonathan Taylor. I guess if you take him off the team, more of an impact than Cooper Cup could be the argument. But I think if he comes yes. to top with those records, hard to dispute it against Cooper Cup. 
Uh, Danielle, we got about a minute left. I have to ask you about the Lakers because we always love getting your oh. thoughts on the Lakers and how much they torment you. Uh, they're playing the Kings tonight. L.A. minus six and a half, total 230 and a half. Yeah. Is it in-game or nothing or what? It's in-game. It's always in-game with the Lakers because you are always going to get an opportunity for a better number. Uh, most reasons, recently, I did it with the Timberwolves on Sunday. I got them at even money on the money line. Uh, so that was And that was in the fourth quarter. Like I really just popped in in the second half and was like, okay, let me just wait for my moment. And I mean, it was pretty close at the end, admittedly, but I just was like, it's the Timberwolves and LeBron James is going to close this out. And fortunately, Malik Monk was actually having a really good game. Um, his points prop on Bet Rivers right now is sitting at 16 and a half. It's slightly juiced, minus 120. But he's gone over that in four out of the five games since he's been back. And the one he didn't was 15 points. So I wouldn't hate an overplay on that. I think we're going to see more offense from him. The Lakers offense has been working really well. So I'd expect that to be in full fledged tonight. Live well, bet the Lakers. You heard it here first and consistently from Danielle. Danielle, thank you and keep up the great work. Thanks, Danny. At Danielle Avari on Twitter, host of the Los Angeles City Cast. Coming up next, we are talking hockey. So stick around for that. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting gear ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VSN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. So visit vsin.com slash big deal to sign up today. That's vsin.com slash big deal. Time to talk some buck here on Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host. Thank you for joining us. We are live, as always, out of the Bet River Sportsbook here in the Chicagoland area, awaiting some action with hockey with the hometown team, the Blackhawks, and to help us talk about that game and many more. It's Nick Alberga joining us on the line at the Golden Muzzy on the tweets. Nick, a pleasure, as always, to get you on the horn to talk some buck. So we really appreciate you making some time. Let's kick things off with one of the earlier games starting at about a half hour Nick we got the Blue Jackets and the Lightning now Tampa Bay still a little bit banged up if I recall correctly yet we still see the minus 240 here on the road against Columbus who's catching two bucks this totals at six slightly shaded to the over what's been your handicapping assessment for this matchup yeah they're definitely healthier I think when you look at Tampa the big thing with that team the last little while they've been without Andre Vasilevsky Danny who was on the COVID list he returned on Sunday uh, got lit up quite frankly on Broadway by the New York Rangers so I expect a bit of a better effort by Tampa tonight in fact I'm probably hammering them on the money line potentially looking at the puck line as well you look at Columbus uh, it doesn't sound or not not even doesn't sound Zach Wierenski's not going to play in this game among others he's on the COVID list so Columbus was hard-pressed to compete with Tampa to begin with in this game, and now you add the fact that a couple of their key players could be out of the lineup. That's probably why the line is the way it is, and I, I think there's just the angle there that the expectation is that Tampa's going to bounce back here. So I'm all over the lightning tonight, Danny. All right, and then next, you know, Nick, a game that I like that I was kind of just alluding to is this Blackhawks game at the UC. They're hosting the Colorado Avalanche, and 
Look, Nick, I mean, there was very, very slight glimpses where the Blackhawks looked like they were maybe getting back into a rhythm, but now they've kind of gone back to just struggling overall. And last I checked, looks like it's going to be Flurry still tending the net. And the Avalanche, a big mm -hmm. favorite here. They got a lot of steam throughout the day at Bet Rivers, at least, or minus 230 is Colorado. Chicago plus 195. This totals at six. Uh, personally, I guess I'll tell you now, and then we'll hear what you think. But I went with Colorado on the puck line here. I was looking at a win in regulation. It, it was still pretty steep, like minus 155. So I just wanted to get a little bit of plus money with Colorado in the puck line. Do you think that's a good angle, or are you thinking maybe otherwise? Yeah, I think it's a good angle. Uh, you know, the only caveat I would throw, I'm always weary of betting against Marc-Andre Fleury because it seems like every time I do so, he, he seems to cover or seems to have a strong game. And I think... Uh, you know, you look at this matchup tonight, I think, simply put, Chicago's not a good team. They're they're sort of decimated right now. Colorado's getting healthier. Darcy Kemper's starting. Um, Nathan McKinnon's starting to cook. Nazem Kadri's having a fantastic year. I think it's a, it's a simple bet to, to bet with your mind and your heart and just say, hey, Colorado's going to win this hockey game. Have the belief that Colorado's going to win this hockey game. They're the way better team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that front. Uh, and I would also take a peek at the over six. Uh, it seems like every time these two teams get together, there's like eight, nine, ten goals. So I expect no difference tonight, Danny. And I'm, I'm kind of throwing you a curveball here in a sense, but since he's a top player, I'm sure you're ready no matter what. Uh, I know you like dabbling into the props, and this Nathan McKinnon prop, three and a half with his shots, the overs minus 155, you think that would be worth the play potentially? I think so. Like, it's got to be getting in his head. And you talk about course correction. Uh, to date, Nathan McKinnon has three goals on 72 shots this season, which is insane. He's a premier player in this league. Um, as we've seen data over the last recent memory in the last decade since we've really started mapping this stuff, there is a bit of a course correction. You know, we saw that with William Carlson, obviously, in Vegas. And I think it's only amount of time that Nathan McKinnon's going to erupt offensively. The fact that he has three goals right now, we're into January. I know he missed a bunch of time. Uh, but I would definitely take a peek at that over. I think he's going to be fired up by the UC and playing Chicago and playing some guys he knows. And I think McKinnon, uh, he hasn't hit desperation, but he obviously wants to score some goals here. So I like that bet. Yeah, and he's on that 10-game point streak, and I think he's gone over it in seven out of those 10 games at three-and-a-half shots. So, uh, yeah, might have to dabble a little bit into that region with McKinnon and his prop. A later game tonight, then, Nick, we've got Winnipeg and Arizona. The Coyotes have just been a dumpster fire this season. Yeah. It's going to be a tougher one tonight with the Jets as a 220 favorite, Arizona plus 185. Another total we are seeing at six, slightly shaded to the under. How do you look to approach this one? So a couple of things in this game, I think you're accurate in that assessment of Arizona first and foremost. It was quite clear going into the season what their aspirations were for this season. Having said that, they have been covering some spreads as of late. They've been playing much better. And the big thing I would look at in this game is the over because Arizona has been scoring a lot. I think they've had, you know, scored 15 or 16 goals in the last couple of games, which is sweet news uh, and, and to our ears watching hockey. Uh, so definitely look at the over in this game. Um, you know, Winnipeg makes a coaching change. They're two and one out of the gates here with Dave Lowry. I think another prop I would look at is a Phil Kessel point. Uh, he's notched at least a point in 13 of the last 16 games. In fact, he has 16 points in the last 16. But certainly, when you're looking for a winner in this game, uh, it's pretty definitive, at least in my world, especially with Connor Hellebuck, the number one there for Winnipeg, that it's going to be the Jets. Again, personally, just my opinion. I like Winnipeg by quite a bit tonight. So give me the Jets in that one. 
All right, Nick, I wanted to throw another game at you from just a viewing standpoint. This is probably going to be the top game on the card this evening. And again, this one's starting at about 25 minutes or so. The Flames and the Panthers in Florida. We see the Panthers, a minus 150 favorite. Calgary plus 128, another total at six. This one shaded to the over minus 122. When you get a matchup like this, Nick, I know a lot that goes into it is a situational spot and COVID protocols, injuries. And Florida very well may be the better team, but going against a tough squad like the Flames, is this a spot where you're willing to lay as high as minus 150 with Florida? Well, honestly, this is probably one I'm staying away from t from tonight. And the big reason why is you look at the numbers, uh, the inside of the numbers. Uh, Calgary, one of the better teams on the road this season, and Florida, one of the better teams at home. Um, that's obviously a factor weighing on my mind. I just think you look in general, the Panthers, they're an absolute wagon. I don't expect any difference. So that's why I'm sort of staying away from this game in general. But obviously, there's got to be value in Calgary. There has been, from a betting point of view, all season long, where they always seem to be the underdog, and they continue to win and win and win. Uh, maybe you look at a Johnny Goodrow point. Like I think this is a perfect example of a game where you probably stay away from the money line or the puck line and maybe look at, you know, the, the total, or you look at a point prop, like a Johnny Goodrow has been on fire, Matthew Kachuk. Um, you look at the Florida Panthers, Alexander Barkov. Like, there's guys you can look at from a shot prop perspective, um, you know, to make you happy from a betting point of view. But I'm probably staying away from this one, I'll be honest. All right, Nick, before we let you get out of here, at this point in the season, whether it's bets you've made before the year, added on, or looking to do so, in terms of the futures market, what are some teams that have stood out to you that you think could be worth the consideration for a futures play? Well, funny enough, like, you know, and, you know, I talked about Arizona just in the next little while. Like, they're covering spreads left and right, which is pretty crazy to suggest, given how bad that roster is. So they're definitely a team of mine. I've mentioned this to you before, the St. Louis Blues, like don't sleep on that team. I think if you want to lay some coin between now and the, the end of this uh, NHL season on a potential Stanley Cup winner that has some value, I think it's St. Louis. There's tons of depth. Um, obviously, I thought they were wonderful in the Winter Classic back on Saturday and demolishing the, uh, the Minnesota Wild in their home ballpark, by the way. So obviously, there's value in teams like that and just teams that are probably not going to make the playoffs. Like San Jose, I've been having a lot of success with them. Uh, especially shot props, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Timo Meyer. I think you got to get greasy sometimes, Danny, just like my Movember mustache, right? <laughs> You're exactly <laughs> right. Sometimes you got to get into the stink, and that's why we love having you on to get into that with not only the games but the props. And, hey, hey that's a market that is so untapped in so many sports, especially yeah. hockey. So we were talking about that McKinnon one. I think I'm probably going to have to jump on that one. I know you had one in the other game too, so uh, we'll be looking forward to it. But, Nick, we are up against it, my friend. Enjoy that slate tonight. Best of luck with your plays, and we'll look forward to doing it again soon. Thanks so much. Take care. You got it. Nick Alberga, folks, go follow him on Twitter at the Golden Muzzy. Gives you great insight and analysis, up to date with roster moves on his Twitter. Uh, fantasy hockey analyst over at Sportsnet, too, and also co-host of the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. So give him a follow. He'll tweet out all those links and get you up to date with all the latest info in the NHL. But going back to that Blackhawks game, Look, the Blackhawks have been a mess this season, and there were higher expectations, and obviously you had the scandal and that situation kind of affect this year. And we'll get into this game a little bit more so on the other side because I did want to talk about it further for Danny's Dimes. But I think Nick overall makes a good point about some of these bad teams, and you could kind of look to do that with the Blackhawks, you would think, at some of these spots, but that really 
hasn't been the case. He talks about a team, though, like the San Jose Sharks, have been good in several spots, especially on home ice. A team like the Ducks, who could be in an advantageous spot this evening, believe they're playing the Flyers, if I'm not mistaken, and the, and the Flyers have been a mess. And you look at a team like the Ducks, and as of last year, you're like, ah, can I trust this team? And especially when you got to lay a high price, hey, it's been working this year. That's why sometimes, like you said, you know, embrace the greasiness, go into the nitty-gritty of it, and find your way to make a buck when it comes to betting some hockey, which we will be doing next with Danny's Dimes. A couple of hockey plays, and we'll bring back some football talk with one game and a teaser play coming next. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Bet River Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level. Because now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. And in addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same game parlay props just in time for the biggest matchups. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey has play Sugar House. Void where prohibited. Okay, we are wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour here on VSIN, the Sports Batting Network. I am Danny Burke, your host. It is time for my best bets of the night, which means it is time to queue up Danny's Dimes, ladies and gentlemen, looking to make some money on the ice. Big shout out to Nick Alberga for helping us handicap the slate of games tonight with the puck. But I wanted to throw in my flavor with a couple of plays that I got for the NHL, starting with the game that we did discuss with Mr. Alberga. We got the Blackhawks and the Avalanche. So, as we discussed, Colorado a big favorite. They're up to minus 230 on the road at the United Center against Fleury and the Blackhawks, who are catching plus 195. Higher total at six. Knicks shading to the over. Don't disagree with that assessment. And there was the big movement early on to Colorado in terms of this money line, and I can't disagree with that whatsoever. Colorado, healthier team right now, better team. Chicago, well, they're not a good team. We know that, plain and simple. Not wanting to lay the minus 230 with Colorado, so I always draw my interest into, well, what's the win in regulation price? And it was like minus 155, which 
was a little bit too steep for my liking for a win in regulation. So I think this Colorado team, I mean, I know this Colorado team is good enough to absolutely win and cover this puck line of one and a half, which is plus 112 right now. I got it at about plus 108. And the reason I'm also doing this is because you look at this goalie matchup. And yes, Darcy Kemper in the net for Colorado, Flurry for the Blackhawks. It's tough to to go against Marc-Andre Flurry. I understand that, but what the Blackhawks are doing to the guy is they're ruining him, right? I mean, playing it simply, he's not the same Flurry as he is in, on other squads. He's 9-10-1, 2.86 goals against average, 91% on his saves. He has two shutouts on the year at home. He's actually done worse at the United Center than on the road. 4-5-1, 3.10 goals against average for Flurry, 90% with his saves between the pipes at the UC. First game since coming off COVID protocols could be a little bit shaky, perhaps. And they did play Colorado earlier this season, gave up four goals in that game where the Avalanche won 4-2. Now, speaking of the Avalanche, on the other side, you're looking at Darcy Kemper tonight. Uh, this season, 14-5-0, 2.73 goals against average, and 91% with his saves. On the road, honestly, he's not that great either. I mean, 5-3-0, 3.15 goals against average, and a save percentage of just under 90. So, you know, being honest, he also has struggled in this spot. But he did only allow two goals to the Blackhawks earlier this season, and we just know how inept this Blackhawks offense has been from time to time. So looking at this puck line, I kind of want to see how these goalies have performed in the sense of, well, how many times have they won by two or more and or lost by two or more. So Flurry, for example, we're betting on Colorado for the puck line. They need to win by two or more. So Flurry, when he has lost, he's lost by more than one goal in eight out of 11 games, including that Colorado matchup. So out of the 11 games that he's dropped, eight of them have been by two or more goals. All right, so that's Flurry when he's lost. What about Kepper when he's won? How many games had the Avalanche when he's been in the net won by two or more? Well, for Kemper, out of 15 games, he's won by two or more in 12 out of 15 games. It's not the best price for the plus money. It's nothing you're writing home about, per se, but it's better than laying over $2 and minus 155 for the win in regulation. So hopefully we get an empty net, or hopefully, honestly, we just get pure dominance out of this Colorado team. So I laid the puck and a half with Colorado. Better advantage and matchup for this squad on the road. Plus 108 is what I got. You could get plus 112 right now for the Avalanche on the puck line against the Blackhawks. Another game to look forward to tonight. We actually didn't get to discussing this one with Nick, but the Predators and Golden Knights shaping out to be a very intriguing game. Big, well, big-ish, I guess, line movement in this one because originally you saw VGK minus 125 as the favorite at the opener. Nashville was catching about plus 115. Right now at Bet Rivers, you're seeing VGK minus 112 and Nashville no longer plus money. They're minus 104. Total is also ticked up from five and a half now at six so at least the last i checked an hour or two ago vgk still going to be missing mark stone robin leonard their starting goaltender and max patch who's been out for quite some time as of this point and you're getting a vgk team that's kind of been rocky all season i know they're still a very tough team when healthy but they're also coming off a loss versus winnipeg on sunday 5-4 in overtime preds on the other side coming off a win and you guessed it against Chicago, 6-1. to one, They demolished them. Nashville's also been a very hot team, 8-1-1 one one since December 4th. So the backup goalie for VGK, Borsois, he's 8-3-1, 2.8 goals against average with 90% on his saves. Not too shabby. Uh, at home, though, 88% on his saves. He's actually worse at home than he is on the road. 
They're getting Soros in the net for the Preds, who's 16-9-1, 2.24 goals against average with a save percentage of 93, tagging along two shutouts this season. On the road, 6-4-1, 2.8 goals against average, 91% with his saves, and one shutout. He actually did struggle against VGK earlier this season. The Golden Knights got the job done in Nashville, and Soros gave up four in that game, so it could be a little bit of a revenge angle too. But even just aside from that, the Preds are the hot team right now. They're the healthier team, getting some big names back. And on the other side for VGK, well, they're losing a couple of their big names and still waiting for some other ones to get back. So that's why I believe you've seen the line movement trend toward Nashville. And I took them for a little bit of plus money, plus 105. Even though they're minus 104 now, still think Nashville is the right play on the money line in Sin City against the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's what I got for my official plays tonight for Danny's Dimes. With the puck, we got Nashville on the money line, plus 105, and then Colorado covering the puck line against the Blackhawks, plus 108. But I did want to revisit some conversations that we did have at the beginning of the show in terms of Teaser Tuesday. That's how we kick off every rush hour on Tuesday, looking at which games could be best suited for a teaser play for the upcoming NFL slate. And like I said, I'm just going to probably wait till at least tomorrow and may revisit this discussion again. But in case you missed it, the teaser play that I really liked or at least favored the most was the Bears and the Buccaneers. The reason I'm waiting is because I'm I'm curious to see if this line for Tampa Bay gets down to like 7.5 in some spots because it went from 8.5 to 8. Even saw some 7.5s if you're really searching in Las Vegas, and we'll see if it can come here to Illinois. But I like teasing down the Buccaneers who still potentially have a chance to get the number two seed. If the Rams fall victim to the 49ers, Tampa Bay could climb up to that two seed with the dub. Bruce Arians said that he's not resting players. They're not going to be doing that. Not wanting to lay over a touchdown with Tampa Bay. I mean, they barely beat the Jets, and they've had gross situations before continuously this season. But I still think this will be somewhat of an important game for them based on the seeding. They'll be playing at the same time as the Rams, so they won't really know, I guess, unless they're getting updates. But, you know, they're probably not actually doing that. Still, they need this one, I just think, for momentum. After all the mayhem that occurred with Antonio Brown, all the injuries they have endured up to this point, just getting some confidence going into the postseason against the lowly Panthers team will be huge. And in my mind, it's going to be inevitable. So I think teasing down the Bucks as the home favorite would be a good part. And then I know this game really means nothing to anyone outside of the teams, but the Vikings and the Bears, instead of just taking two and a half with the Bears, they went from three to two and a half. Actually, I think it was like three and a half to two and a half. Fields, presumably the starter, went down to two and a half. I think you tease up the Bears to plus eight and a half against the Vikings team that has only covered eight and a half points as a favorite one time this year. One in 15 ATS. This Vikings team has nothing to play for. They just got eliminated. Their coach is a disaster. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins who struggles against the Bears. Just take note of what happened a couple weeks ago in every game prior. This Bears team probably ticked off from what happened the last game against Minnesota. And at least they've got a little bit of momentum. And hey, maybe there are some guys who are still fighting for Matt Nagy out there and want to send him out his final game as head coach of the Bears with a win. But if you're not completely sure, just tease him up for a little bit more security. That's a play I'm seriously considering and probably will add. But again, just being a little bit patient, seeing what's going to happen with that line and Tampa Bay. But that would be my teaser, teasing up the Bears, teasing down the Bucks. We'll revisit that tomorrow to see where this line has moved. 
But again, overall, the plays we are going with tonight in hockey, you just got the Avalanche on the puck line against this Blackhawks team that despite having Flurry in the net, have refused to find ways to be competitive and win. And honestly, I hope that keeps up tonight. And then we're going with the Predators against the Vegas Golden Knights. Nashville got for a little bit of plus money, plus 105. You still may be able to sneak that out if you do a little bit of searching. But Bet Rivers right now, you're only laying about minus 104. So fairly close to even money. Thinking Nashville, the healthier team, the hotter team, has the advantage over VGK. Shout out to everybody for joining us today. Shout out to everybody for tuning in. Best of luck with all your plays. We'll be back tomorrow with midweek movements and more. Until tomorrow, take care. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.